Our Father. Our Father. Our Father. Our Father. Who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Good morning everyone, welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church. I'm so glad that you're with us today and if you're joining us for the first time, let me give you a massive welcome. Great that you're with us. Please stay uh, tuned in all the way through to the end of our service today. I just want you to be blessed and encouraged. I thank you for your continued support over the last number of months. And I just want to spend a little bit of the time uh, reflecting on that this morning, just reflecting on, on kind of where we've been um, as a church as well. And uh, so we're going to pray, we're going to worship, and then we're going to get into uh, some time of reflection in, in, in God's Word. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you're with us. We thank you that you never leave us, you never forsake us. We thank you that you're a constant in our lives. Father, that you never change. And Lord, we come to you today as thousands and thousands and millions of people have done throughout the years and father we bring our prayers and petitions and requests before you today father with thanksgiving and lord we pray that as we do that that peace of god which surpasses transcends goes beyond anything we can understand we pray that your peace would guard our hearts and our minds in christ jesus and father we want to worship you this morning we want to give you all the honor and glory and so father we pray move amongst us as we worship you today in this service in jesus name we ask and for your glory amen
Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy, Father. I thank you that your goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives. And Father, we just thank you that you never leave us. We thank you that you're always there with us. And we just give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you thanksgiving because you're an amazing, wonderful God. And we just give you all the praise. Amen. Amen. So we're just going to uh, do something a little bit different today. We're going to do a little bit of reflection on uh, just where we've been over the last number of months um, and just some pictures, images, you know, what's what's thing, what have things been like, uh, what's church been like, and, uh, yeah, just going to share something from God's Word uh, once we move through that. Do you know, in a few moments, I'm going to talk about the privilege of prayer. But before we do that, let's just have a little reflection on what life has looked like during lockdown. And I remember way, way back at the start of this, uh, I was going, uh, Sarah and I got into Edinburgh to help one of our uh, uni friends and we popped into a certain supermarket which shall remain nameless and we were trying to get some shopping for this girl and we discovered that the shelves were totally empty. All the things that kind of fresh produce that we were after, totally empty. And then we went to the toilet roll aisle and of course, totally empty. Um, but we went to the vegetable aisle, and again, everything empty except the Brussels sprouts. I mean, who doesn't like Brussels sprouts? I love Brussels sprouts, and, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, I didn't need Brussels sprouts at that point in time. 
But it's been a strange time, and even the term money laundering got a new meaning. I remember coming home from the shop and getting my change, uh, and actually uh, cleaning my change down with the antibacterial wipes, and I'm thinking, yeah, plastic 10 pound notes just as well, eh? But who's ever considered doing something like that before? And then at Easter time, our postman came along, chapped the door. He could have put the mail through the door, but he chapped the door so that I would open it. And here's why, because he was dressed up as the Easter bunny, our incredible postman, Eddie, just doing his best to cheer everybody up. And uh, it's just, it's great to have people around us that have a positive frame of mind uh, and that just kind of maybe see things a little bit differently. We so need to be encouraged, don't we? And I remember our very first uh, service here in the church. It was the 22nd of March, our first online service. And we were all gathered in the building here. We were all pretty nervous. And uh, everything was going out live. We'd been in for a good bit of time on the Saturday, just getting things set up and practicing and doing all these things. And we thought, man, this, this isn't going to take you know very long. We'll be out of lockdown soon. And yeah, it didn't turn out that way at all, did it? And uh, I remember the message that day, it was when worries take over. And let's, let's be honest, folks, a lot of us have been quite worried and fearful about what's been going on uh, in our society over these days. And then, and then we changed our approach. We shifted all of the stuff from the church up to our house. And we went into the upper room and we set up a little recording studio there. This is kind of what it looked like. Uh, so there's lights and microphones and all sorts of stuff. And uh, it was there, it was set up um, so that we could just simplify things and record. And we, we actually uh, set that up and took it down every week just because it's a room that we use for other things. And so we we, we um, I decided to actually video the, the setting up of of uh, the, the, the upstairs studio for Church Online, and this is what it looked like. setting up for church was as quick as that. Let me tell you, it was not as quick as that. It took a bit of time, a bit of tweaking. We ended up uh, just kind of trying to improve things as we went along, along experimenting with microphones and uh, different ways to do it. We even bought a little mini mixing desk um, just to try and mix all the instruments and voices together, trying to, to, to just improve things for church online all the time. And the, the, the studio upstairs was also used uh, for treasure kids. And uh, I remember uh, recording the first Treasure Kids talk, and it was about the wise man and the foolish man, how the wise man built his house upon the rock. Of course, all of this video needs to be edited, and there was the editing side of it as well, uh, getting things trimmed down uh, so that we could get church uh, online out and uh, get it as efficient as possible. You know, some of those, uh, I put up some bloopers. There was there was also unintentional bloopers, which made it through to the edit. I'm really sorry about that. Um, those weren't intentional. Um, and it was a little bit embarrassing uh, for me. 
Um, but here we are, we're, we're continuing with Church Online, we're learning all the time, we're still learning, we're doing new things. And so it looked very different for those who were at home, maybe watching on an iPad or YouTube or whatever. And, and really church for, for me has, has been very different. Um, it's been really, really busy. It's been really hectic. Um, we would have meetings on Zoom. So this is an example of uh, a meeting on Zoom with some of our colleagues in Assemblies of God. Also getting around uh, and, and praying uh, around the streets. Uh, I prayer walked quite a lot. I tried to get around uh, the, the town once a week. Uh, and prayer walk in the town, praying over our schools because I really missed being in the schools. Uh, these are just some of the, the schools in the town, uh, the primary schools that I go into. Um, and so I really missed uh, being with the, the young people and the boys and girls in school as well. Although online church has been a great opportunity, there is a downside to lockdown as well and I've missed that communication and that connection. So after a while of all this kind of setting up and tearing down, we decided to really move church back down into uh, the building here so we could record online. And this is this is what it looked like in the lounge. Um, I don't know if you noticed in that picture, Josh is actually playing the guitar. He has learned to play the guitar uh, during lockdown, so good on you, Josh, for that. And then we changed it once again because we were set up in the lounge, really for the acoustics, to try and get it like a, a decent sound. And then we moved into the, the small hall, which is where I am just now recording this. And uh, you can just kind of see the setup there. So um, again, it's quite technical. And uh, I don't know about you, but there's something else which has been really significant for me during lockdown. And uh, the clues in this picture, if you've not sussed out what it is yet, let me give you a little hint. Yeah, 14 weeks without a haircut. 14 weeks without a haircut. My goodness, I hated not having my haircut and just getting longer and longer and longer. And I'm sure uh, you can identify with that. Um, thankfully, uh, that's that's been able to be sorted out now, uh, which I'm really pleased about. But then church is going to look different again. You know, when we begin to meet in the church and gather together again, it's going to look and feel so different. At the point when I'm recording this, there's a communication uh, being written. Um, you'll have received that communication by now telling you about what church will look like a little bit. Here's, here's how the, the church hall was set up when that communication was sent out. And so this is one particular setup um, for accommodating as many people in the building as we can. The reality is that for us, church is going to look very different over the next number of weeks, months. And who knows? We don't know where this is going to go, but we need to keep praying and we need to keep serving God. And I want, to, I want us to just reflect for a little minute or two on the opportunities that we have as a church during these really difficult and testing times. So we are going to read from the Bible. We're going to read the Lord's Prayer. But let me just pray for a little second and then we'll come to that. Father, we just pray that as we stop to reflect on your word and on prayer, Father, we pray that our hearts would be stirred to realize that actually we can do something incredibly positive during difficult times. So, Father, as we, as we stop and reflect on your word, Father, we pray that our hearts would be encouraged, challenged, lifted. And, Father, we pray that we would just grasp something of your heart for this world. In Jesus' name, amen. I would just like us to pause for a moment and think about the privilege of prayer. 
the privilege of prayer and how we respond as the church in difficult times. A number of weeks ago, I was quite challenged and I thought, I'm, I'm going to get into Genesis and I want to learn about leadership from Joseph's point of view. It was all about leadership lessons from the life of Joseph. And as I began to read, I, I discovered that there was all this backstory with his dad, Jacob, and I started to read that and started to understand just how difficult a family circumstance uh, these guys lived in. And um, I began to read. And, and then as I, I started reading about the life of Joseph, I didn't get any further than chapter 37 without lots and lots of thoughts coming into my head about what I felt might be helpful for us as a church to think about. And we uh, shared uh, we shared around that and, and thought about the life of Joseph, a man who uh, experienced incredible difficulties. And we thought about uh, don't let difficulties destroy your dreams. We, we thought about that a number of weeks ago and how things can get in to destroy our dreams. We thought about there's no dream without danger. The reality is if we have a God-sized dream, there's going to be danger attached because Jesus never promised us an easy life. He did promise us a good life, a full life, but it's a challenging life. But he's there with us in that. We thought about the dreamer in the distance, how uh, Joseph's brother saw him coming in the distance. And we just kind of thought about what do people see in our lives when they see us from a distance? What do they think about when they see us? And then lastly, we thought about dreamers and schemers, and we thought about this whole area about how we use our words. This, just last week, we thought about the whole issue of uh, unconstrained talk about gossip and how damaging that can be to people. And today, I want to do something just a little bit different. I want us to think about this privilege of prayer. We're going to go into Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read verses 9 through to 13. It'll come up on the screen. But if you've got your Bibles, you may want to turn to that. And so let's, let's read it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The reality is that we live in challenging days, no doubt about it. But we have this opportunity to respond. And how does the church respond in crisis? How does the church respond in times of crisis? Well, I kind of thought, I've been challenged by this myself personally. There are a number of different ways that we can respond. We can be frozen. We can totally freeze. We can say, actually, there's nothing we can do here. The building's closed. We can't meet, blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, we can do something. We can maybe begin to do things and be a bit faltering. And we're going slowly, but we're picking up a bit of speed and momentum, or we can lastly be flexible. And I don't know about you, but you've probably experienced these things in your own personal life over the last number of months. Times where you just kind of froze and you're like, I don't know what to do. I'm in a panic or I'm just frozen. I can't, I can't do anything. I can't think about anything else. Then the times where we're maybe going to give something a try, but we, we kind of falter and we kind of muddle our way through it. And then we learn to be flexible and to, to be able to adapt and to change. And I think the church uh, the church can be like that as well. 
And I challenged us, I've been challenging us over the last number of months to think about, do we ditch the dream or do we move with the mission? Do we ditch the dream or do we move with the mission? I said in that first service on the 22nd of March, this isn't an obstacle, it's an opportunity. And I believe it has been an opportunity. There have been uh, setbacks, drawbacks, there have been pressures and tensions. But at the end of the day, we need to take hold of every opportunity that we have. And how how does the church respond? How can the church respond? Well, I, I believe the church can respond by praying. You know, if we do nothing else, we can pray. If we do nothing else, we can pray. And what does it mean by praying? I think we can respond this way. Let me just break it down into four simple little points. We can pour out our hearts to God. You can pour your heart out to God. There are places where I go just to pour my heart out to God, just to talk to God. Not necessarily to be coming and asking him for lots and lots of things or praying for this person or that person. It's just a conversation between me and my father, me and my friend, as we thought about in that song, The Goodness of God. You can pour out your heart to God. You can just talk to God and let him know what's on your heart. Let him know how you're feeling. And do you know, there's something incredibly powerful about that, especially when we've poured out our heart and we take the time to stop and listen to what he wants to say about it. You see, prayer is a two-way conversation. The second thing is that we realize our need for God, that you realize your need for God. I recognize the need for God in my life. Even doing what I'm doing right now, I need God in my life to be able to do that. The third thing is that we align ourselves with God's purpose, that you align yourself with the purpose of God. The reality is that we need to have a God-sized dream. Our dreams should be filled and fueled with the purposes of God for us, for our church, for our family, for this world. I believe God created the world to be a good place. When he created it, it says that he saw that it was good. God created it to be a good place. We need to get ourselves aligned with God's purposes. And then the last thing is to yearn for God's kingdom in your life. And this is one of the crucial things about this prayer that we read just a minute or two ago. That God's will would come, that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. That God's will would be done in your life and in my life as it is in heaven. That God's will would be done in this church as it is in heaven. Imagine that. That God's will would be done in our community, in your community, maybe in the street that you live in, that God's will would be done, that his kingdom would come as it is in heaven. Powerful, powerful words as we think about them. And I just want us to think about this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and I'm just going to go through it really, really quickly. We're not going to spend ages and ages going through this, but just to meditate on this prayer. It starts off by saying, Our Father in heaven. He is our Father. And he's not just some remote God in heaven. God is here with us. If you're a Christian today, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you today. He lives in you. And so God isn't just some 
mystical being that lives out there somewhere beyond the stratosphere, God lives in this world, in us through his spirit. The Bible says that God is everywhere all the time. He is omnipresent, that God knows everything, that he's all-knowing, that he's omniscient, and that God is all-powerful. God has the power to do whatever he chooses to do. Omnipotent. Incredible. These are just some of the words that we use to describe God. God is a spirit. And so God's not just some remote being out there looking down on us. He's not just some master chess player moving pieces. God is a personal being. He is a person who wants to have a relationship with us. And then it says in the next part of this, holy is your name, hallowed is your name. What does God's name mean to us? What does the name God mean to you? What does the name Jehovah mean to you? What does the name Yahweh mean to you? What does the name Jesus mean to you? What does the term Holy Spirit, which is a name as well, what does that name mean to you? Many, many names to describe the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, who's everywhere all of the time. Many, many names, but what do those names mean to you? How do we use those names? And then it goes on to say, your kingdom come, your will be done. And I think it's about God's rule, it's about God's authority, it's about God's ideas and plans and purposes coming to to be in this world. And I, I really believe that that begins in the church. It begins in you and it begins in me. It says, your will be done. Do we seek God's will in everything we do? Do you seek God's will? You know, it's an interesting question. There's a little verse in the Bible in Proverbs chapter 3 where it says, don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Incredible. It's been a mantra for me since I was young. In all my ways acknowledging God, do we seek his will in everything that we do? You see, if we're keen to understand the will of God, we need to develop an ear to listen to what he wants to say to us. So your will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. We thought about that verse from Micah just recently. What does God desire of us? What does he desire of you and me? But to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. That's what he's looking for. People who are people of justice, people of mercy, and people of humility. Not only as we look at God, but as we look at others who are round about us. Even in crisis, even in difficult times. What can the church do in crisis? The church can pray. The church can get on its knees. The church can be mobilized in prayer. And that's something that I want us to really think about afresh as a church, as we enter into a season of transition, as we begin to look at coming back into the building, and hopefully that stays with us, hopefully uh, we're able to continue to do that and things gradually improve. But we need to look at this whole subject of prayer and get ourselves back into prayer in earnest. It also goes on to say, give us today our daily bread. And I'm reminded of Psalm 23, where it talks about the shepherd leading us to green pastures. Give us today the things that we need. 
and we're made up of three parts, body, soul, and spirit. And so our bodies need fed, but so do our souls, so that we have good health within us, mental health, if we want to phrase it that way, but also spiritual health. And so we need to be fed. Give us today our daily bread. We all have different needs, but there's a sense in which we all have the same needs, spiritually and emotionally and physically. We're all maybe at different places, but God knows where we are and he knows what we need in that place. And then it goes on to say, forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts. And I'm reminded of Psalm 32 verse 1 where it says, Blessed is the man whose sins have been forgiven, whose sins are covered over, whose trespasses, whose transgressions, whose sins, whose wrongdoings, the Lord does not count against him. Forgive us our debts. We are in debt to a holy God. It's right there at the start of this prayer. Holy is your name. And so we are in debt to a holy God. We owe God. But then it goes on to say, you see, we're asking God to forgive us our debts, but it goes on to say, as we also have forgiven our debtors. The reality is that we are likely to owe somebody something because we have transgressed against them. We have done something against another person. Just as we have had people do things to us that we need to forgive them for. And so it's a two-way process. We need to forgive, we need to be forgiven, but we also need God's forgiveness in our lives. Excuse me a little second. And so we need to forgive other people. God forgives us as we have forgiven others. Our forgiveness of others is so important. And then it goes on to say, and lead us not into temptation. What does that mean, temptation? It means those times and moments where we experience evil, where we experience the things that seek to take us away from God's presence, to seek to get in between us and God. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What does it mean to deliver us? It means that we are rescued, and God is a rescuing God. You see, the reality is that we've lived in difficult days. The reality is that we've lived in challenging times, unprecedented times in our lifetime. As I look back and as I reflect on these times, I think there's never been a time like this for the church in my lifetime. Can I encourage this church? God has called you and I to live in these times, these times of crisis, these times of difficulty, these times where people are being bereaved, times where people are experiencing grief in a totally different way from anything we've ever seen before. We have the opportunity to respond in crisis. We live in challenging days, but we have the ability to respond in these days of crisis. You and I can pray. There are some people who think, well, God's not answering your prayers, is he? Maybe you've seen some of the comments and things flying about on Facebook and whatnot. God doesn't always necessarily answer our prayers the way that we would want, but God is working out a far bigger purpose sometimes. 
And in the midst of crisis, we have the opportunity to draw close to God. The danger is that we ditch the dream. The danger is that we stop moving with the mission and that we become frozen and stuck. I believe that God wants the church to be flexible. I believe God wants the church to be agile. I believe that God wants the church to respond in these times, to reach out to our neighbors. And I'm so blessed by the work that the Food Bank has been doing, the work that Answer has been doing as they continue to reach out to those in need. We've continued to do church online, trying to reach out to our community, trying to encourage others. We've been praying for people and we'll keep doing all these things and we'll keep going and we'll keep going and we'll keep going because we're, we have the opportunity to keep going. And even though we seek to get out of challenging times, whilst we're in them, we can do something about it. We don't need to be stuck. We don't need to be frozen. But we can be flexible in the challenging times. Maybe, maybe you've been struggling with lockdown. Lots of people have. Maybe you're still struggling with fears today. I remember one of the things that I kept saying right at the start of this just incredible time that we've been in, and that was to feed your faith and not your fear. It's like a fire. If we feed the fire, the flames get higher. And like we said last week, if we if we take the wood out of the fire, if we stop putting the wood in, that fire will eventually die down. Whatever we feed grows. Can I encourage you to feed your spirit, your soul, to feed your faith and to starve your fear? I know that it's been challenging and it will continue to be challenging for quite some time yet for many of us. Let's pray. Let's seek God. Let's seek his kingdom to come first in our lives. Maybe you're not a Christian today and maybe you've never made a decision to allow Jesus into your life. Today's a day where you can do that, where you can experience the incredible peace that God gives us, even in the middle of crisis. And so we're going to pray and then I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer as well. But let's just pray, church, as we as we draw this uh, service to a close. Father, we thank you that you have given us this gift of prayer, this gift of communicating with you through prayer. Not only do we speak to you, but we can listen to you and your Holy Spirit can speak to our very hearts. You can speak your word into our lives. And Father, we just pray that we would see the reality of this prayer come true in our time and in our generation. Father, that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, in our lives, in our families, in our street, in our communities, in our churches. Father, the many churches which are across this area of West Lothian. And Father, we just pray your blessing upon your church, your blessing upon every individual and every family represented by our church and by the churches in this area. And Father, we thank you that you're doing great things Father, we thank you that you're doing great things in your church. It's your church, and we just bless you for that. Maybe you've not made that decision to become a Christian. You can do that. You can become a Christian. You can invite God, the Holy Spirit, who's everywhere all the time, not just out there. He can come into your very life because of what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross. See, Jesus died to save us. But he also died in order that we, that we might experience life, that we could experience this forgiveness, this grace, this mercy, the power of God living in us. 
And when God comes into our lives, he changes us. And so let's just pray. If you want to pray this prayer after me, please, please do that. You can do it quietly in your own heart or you can speak it out loud wherever you are in this moment. Let's just pray. Dear God, I realize that I've got things wrong in my life. Maybe I've made a decision to follow you and I've drifted away. But I ask that you come back in. I ask that you come into my life, that you forgive me of my debts. Help me to forgive those who owe me. Help me to let them go and to forgive them. And I invite your Holy Spirit into my life. And I ask that you give me the power and strength to live your way. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you've prayed that prayer, then you let us know and we want to send you some stuff out. You can contact us through our Facebook page, messages. You can email us through our website, whitburnpentecostal.com. The information will come up on the screen at the end just so that you've got that. Can I just encourage you this week? Can I just bless you this week and ask for God's blessing on your life that you might have a great week, that you would know God's presence in your life and that you would access this gift of prayer. What can the church do in crisis? We can pray. We have the privilege of prayer. Lord bless you and keep you. In Jesus' name, amen.